Hi, I'm Dana Stevens, Slate's movie critic, and I'm here with the Slate spoiler special on Oliver Stone's World Trade Center. I'm joined by Brian Curtis, a Slate senior editor. Hello, Brian. Hello, Dana. And, you know, Brian, in a way, we were talking about this. This is the least likely of films for this spoiler special feature because of any movie you could think of, which one could have a more foreseeable outcome than a basically lightly fictionalized version of the World Trade Center disaster. Exactly right. And I want to assure all the listeners that we will not make the tasteless joke about spoiling what happens on the tragic events of 9-11. Absolutely not. We're here to just talk a little bit more about the movie after having seen World Trade Center. I mean, I think this is a movie that's that's... It's really wide open for doing more than a review of this movie because, you know, I mean, depending on your relationship to Oliver Stone, your relationship to the events of that day, your politics, you could come out of this movie liking it, not liking it. It so happens that I think both of us fell on the side more of, of liking the movie, right, and feeling that it, it was it was powerful and had a, a strong effect on us. Exactly, and I think we both kind of had the same question coming out, which was not so much why was the movie effective because I think it had the sort of basic Hollywood ideas of what makes an effective movie but what I wanted to ask you about is why did we have this feeling of we sort of felt almost a slightly uncomfortable liking it is that what it is yeah in a way I mean I guess I guess you could almost say that you feel a little bit resentful at being manipulated or or tricked into liking the movie I mean the, I guess the, the the larger question in a way going in and coming out of the movie was why why this movie why now what claim does it have on existence? What kind yep. of historical or political statement is it trying to make? And I think that question of its politics far transcends the question of, is Oliver Stone a righty or a lefty yes. in this movie? And, you know, it, it really starts to open more into questions that movies about the Holocaust also open up, for example, Schindler's List or a movie like that. Any fictionalized version of a historical tragedy yes. is going to raise these questions of representation. How do you represent something? What's exploitation? What's not? And I guess I could say that I feel exploited by this movie, but sort of enjoy it at the same time. <laughs> I, I think that's, that's exactly what I feel. Let's, so let's talk about how what the sort of treatment is in this. And let's pretend for just a second, as you said, that we don't know anything about this Oliver Stone person who made the movie. We'll talk about him in just a second. But just if you're just coming to this as a text without knowing anything about the director's politics, right? it seems that, I mean, there's a definite jingoism, patriotism vibe coursing throughout the movie, right? I mean, it's not so much as maybe in Saving Private Ryan or something like that with a sort of Spielbergian, you know, American flags waving in the background kind of thing. But it is, you do really have that sense of it's American can-do spirit in the face of tragedy, right? When these two officers, McLaughlin and Jimeno, are dug out of the rubble. Absolutely. I'm not even sure that Saving Private Ryan is such a bad comparison, actually. I hadn't thought of that movie, but I mean, obviously, Saving Private Ryan is also about a very personal story about men individually sacrificing to go after a particular guy, Mm -hmm. right? Sort of um, against a microcosm against the larger story of the war. And I think that Spielberg's movie also has a a similarly equivocating politics where it can be anti-war while being pro that particular war, right? Right. I mean, it's sort of a movie about war as hell, but also wasn't this the right war for us to be fighting? So it's a feel-good movie and a feel-bad movie at the same time. And maybe Stone's movie occupies some some territory a little bit like that. I mean, it's, you know, to be a little bit crass about it, it's more a movie about how terrible it would be to have a building fall on you than it is about terrorism or world politics or any kind of a, a larger context. And you sense him really steering clear of those latter categories, right? I mean, we get that one thing that you talked about in your review that sort of one of the few very false notes in the movie is when he does this 
sort of spin around the world where he has people around the world watching the news reports of 911 on television, which feels like he's trying to make this into something way, way bigger. And you note in your review that it's actually better when it's a smaller movie. Yeah, that feels like that wasn't the exact moment I was talking about. I was more talking about a specific tilt shot where the camera pulls straight up into the atmosphere. But it's the same kind of idea, right? Moving laterally around the globe to see, you know, Al Jazeera talking about the the disaster and the French TV station or whatever. And that, to me, was a little bit of a PBS documentary sort of moment. Look, everyone in the world is talking about it, which, first of all, I found extremely patronizing toward the viewer as if we hadn't been alive on that day and figured out the importance of the events for ourselves. But also just a, too big of a departure from the intimate domestic story that had been set up. Absolutely. And you, the movie is stronger, strangely, or maybe not so strangely, when it's about what is it like to have a building fall on you, right? And to be one of those guys, and again, what you pointed out, a lot of critics pointed out, is that they don't have any idea in the movie what has happened. I mean, they know that a plane has flown into the World Trade Center. They don't know that it's necessarily terrorism. They don't know that it's some sort of coordinated attack with, you know, that the U.S. or that the Al-Qaeda has anything to do with. It's just a building has fallen on top of them. And how right. the hell so, do we get out of here? So would you say that in a way, um, at least in the scenes with Jimeno and McLaughlin, Nick Cage and Michael Pena underground, in those scenes that it could just be any movie about two men surviving a disaster? Well, that's the thing. I mean, we it's but it's clearly not, right? Because we supply all the other details. I mean, we know as a viewer, they don't, but we know as a viewer that what's happened is a tragedy on a scale that we couldn't possibly imagine the day before. But it works because the viewer, you are kind of gasping when you think of, oh, my God, you know. I mean, I was very struck when they were walking down the street and being covered in ash right from the building kind of falling down. And we see all the papers falling down, which was a very big scene from 911, papers flying out of high office building windows. And they don't know what it is. You know, to them, it's a strange sight and an annoyance. And for us, it's become this iconic image of that day, right? So it's sort of he's leaving it to the viewer to Supply, is that, is that the right word for the the emotional cues? Am I saying that correctly? I guess in, in, in the movie Stronger Moments, he is leaving that up to the viewer. I think it's the moments that he gets out a, a ball-peen hammer and makes sure that he hammers them into your head that you start to resent him a little bit. And then, we, of course, we do know Oliver Stone. Now, we should, we should also say that we do know who Oliver Stone is. We've been talking about this divorced from knowing well, who Well, let's talk about is. it as if we know who he is then. Whew. I mean, you know, I don't have a visceral dislike for Oliver Stone. I don't think – I think a lot of his movies are terribly misguided. But I don't think that he's a danger to society. There are very few, there are very few movie directors who I, would, who I would categorize as a danger to society. And I also think even in his most troublesome movies when people cite JFK and stuff like that, he is an extremely talented visual director, as a lot of people say. So I'll say a couple of things about this. One, in our Artistic guy. I thought this was his least, the one of the the our most artless movies he's ever made, probably on purpose, and that in that sort of goes to what you say. I mean, it looked. Someone compared it to. I think maybe the Wall Street Journal's critic compared it to TV. It looked almost like a TV movie of the week for a lot of it. Right, very or a Ron sta- Howard movie. It's or a Ron Howard to. movie. Yeah, very static shots, right, and sort of like that. Very like conventional choices of framing. And then when we talk about it, so so he's going away from his natural sort of gonzo call attention to itself artistry. One. And then two, he's going away from his natural politics, which are, I don't know if they're as easy to categorize as left and right. If they're anything, they're certainly more lefty. He lionized Castro in an earlier documentary, and he's shown, obviously, incredible suspicion of government. But what they are is sort of slightly paranoid, well, maybe more than slightly paranoid. What would you else would you describe? I don't know. I mean, we were saying that maybe he lies outside of right and left, that he's sort of in that survivalist libertarian zone, you know, where you could sort of see him barricading <laughs> himself into a, his movie set and right. declaring his own state, seceding from the union or something like that. I mean, he's got, as you say, a gonzo kind of politics and one that might be more interested in being on the extreme than in caring about which extreme he's actually on. But we can say with, with certainty that he is pulling back his natural tendency to 
make a controversial political statement. I mean, this is pretty much as down the middle as you could possibly be. Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's in a way what you, the takeaway message from this movie is 9-11 was a terrible day and terrible yes. things happened and people suffered and other people heroically tried to help those suffering people, right? Something that basically no one on any side of the political spectrum in America could or would want to contest. Right. But maybe we should talk a little bit about the one figure in the movie that I think does hark back to an earlier Oliver Stone or yes. a different Oliver Stone, which is Dave Carnes, right? The, the real life figure of this Marine, this sort of solo Marine who was actually, I believe, not an active member of the Marine Corps at the time. He was a, an accountant. And when he heard about the tragedy, he literally donned his Marine uniform, got a buzz cut, which is shown in the movie, and showed up at Ground Zero as if he belonged there, managed to somehow sham his way past the barricades, Uh and essentially single-handedly, I think he met up with one more Marine and some other guys that you see in the movie, but he sort of got together his own little task force and found these two men who were the last two survivors, I believe, to be brought up out of the rubble. And Stone shows him as a mixture of motivation by duty. I'm a Marine. I need to be there to help, right? Once right. a Marine, always a Marine. And also religion, because we see him praying and in church and sort of thinking about this in sort of a religious way. You know, do I, you know, through some mixture of religious motivation and then like duty. He almost has to tell the story of the two cops straight. They don't know much about politics. They're not involved in any wider thing. They're just guys going to work, right? They right. They're any... not lying there under the rubble talking about Al Qaeda or no. Osama bin Laden. Now, this guy is different, right? Because he's a Marine. He believes, he has certain beliefs. And I feel he gave some perspective to the movie in the sense of, you know, what are people like that are coming at 911 from middle America or from a place other than grounds, being at ground zero. Right. But, I mean, did he did he give it a different dimension for you? To me, he did. I mean, to me, every time, perhaps it was just the performance by Michael Shannon, who played Dave Carnes, who, who played him like a, I don't know, like a sort of a survivalist nut with these sort of burning coals for eyes. And he was a very intense performer. And obviously um, alienated from everyone else in the movie, doesn't talk to or know any other characters, just appears and sort of stalks through the wreckage alone. Right. And we we also learn in a final um, series of end titles that the the fate of various characters. And it turns out that Dave Carnes goes on to reenlist and to serve two two tours of duty in Iraq. Right. Right. So he's also the only link to a political reality outside of 9-11. And and essentially, he's the link between... Iraq and, and 9-11 right there. Right? And maybe Dave I'm imagining Carnes. things, but in our, our screen, you could almost hear people like a slight audible gasp, you know, when they saw that, right? Because we're going from 9-1-1, the thing that Oliver Stone is, is banking on, the fact that everybody feels more or less the exact same way about the event itself, to the Iraq war, which, of course, are deep divisions in the country about. Which like, makes sense no matter how you might feel about the Iraq war, because what's happening in that moment is that you've been trained, brought to the point that you feel good about Michael Shannon's character about Dave Carnes yeah. and his sacrifice and suddenly that's being linked to feeling good about his serving two tours of duty in Iraq which one might have mixed feelings about right we've just spent two and a half hours basically on unassailable heroism and triumph of the human spirit right the other thing we have to say is what kind of politics do we think he could have introduced into this movie and I don't mean just without sacrificing the box office I mean just by making it a coherent film I mean you know where do you put it in you know I mean if you're just I mean and the other thing is I mean you you talked about this in your United 93 review is you were talking about the fact that Paul Greengrass in that movie hadn't perhaps put hadn't made enough of a political statement with that movie or had divorced it too much from the context by just doing a documentary approach Oliver Stone's basically more or less done the same thing, though with more Hollywood touches and more big, you know, swelling music at the end and that kind of stuff. If I had an overarching critique of both of the two movies and in, in a way that ties them together, different as they are, I would maybe say that it's that, that they are stepping very gingerly and that there's a little bit of a sense that, I don't know what to, whether to call it ponderousness or sanctimoniousness or a kind of fear of, of offending that makes them err on the side of, of safety and of 
well, of a certain kind of feel-good patriotism. Right. That's exactly right. And I still feel, after we've talked about this, now had our sort of extended lobby conversation that I thought World Trade Center was quite effective, and I still sort of resent it for being so effective. It feel basically exactly like we did when we sort of walked out of the theater the first time. Well, would you send a friend there to see it? I mean, as a... God, I mean, it's it's funny. I mean, it's like you gotta go see the new World Trade Center movie. I mean, you feel like a, you feel awful saying something like that. But would I couldn't I couldn't look someone in the face and say you must see United ninety three. With World Trade Center, I can feel a little bit better somehow about saying you should go see this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Because difficult as it is to watch, you you know you walk out, your two heroes are still alive, and yes. you know you're able to cling to some some shred of. And just because it's got the conventional Hollywood moments, you know, the big hug in the hospital and, and all that stuff. I mean, it's just more bearable in its way as a treatment, whether it's a better movie than United you know, 93. I'm not quite sure where I feel about that, but it's just more bearable. It's easier to watch somehow than United 93. I think it actually may be a worse movie than United 93, but I think it, it fulfills its more limited goals very successfully. All right. Well, I guess we should wrap this up. So thank you for joining me, Brian. Thank you, Dana. For Slate.com, I'm Dana Stevens.